Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, get ready, get excited for another edition of Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This week, we're going to expand on last week. Go to the dark side. Not that I want you to go there to learn how to manipulate, to gaslight, to coerce. That's not what this is all about, but to be aware of others that are doing it deliberately. I mean, some maybe don't mean to do it, but I'm talking about deliberate manipulation, coercion, quid pro quo. You're backed in a corner. You're forced to do it. Nobody likes that. Even the do it or you're fired, which is legal, backs people in a corner. And you do get short-term compliance, but there's long-term resentment, rebellion, and people doing strange things to their boss's coffee and sabotaging the company. So I hope everyone's having an awesome week. They're better at influence and persuasion. They're benchmarking the good. They're doing the opposite of the anti-suaders. Just like today when we talk about manipulation, it's not here for you to use it to be aware of it. And how do you resist it? Because there are some great manipulators out there. When I was researching laws of charisma, man, some people could just twist it, turn it. I mean, you could look at serial killers that could connect with anybody, but then all of a sudden you're like, what? Yeah, so we got to be careful, keep our eyes open. We want to pretend everyone's honest and has our best interests in mind, but that's not always the truth. Because you have to remember that one in every 10,000 people is dishonest. <laughs> well, yeah, I made that up. I have no idea. <laughs> But, you know, I have hope for humanity that most people are honest. That's, I'll just leave it at that. But there are dishonest people out there. So I was in Alabama this week. Warm, humid, green, good food, good barbecue, good people. Had a lot of fun. We focused on a little shift on influence here. How do you give corrective feedback? How do you coach and mentor somebody while maintaining the relationship and building trust? Because anybody can give feedback. You should do this. You should change this. But how can you do it in a way where you get a better relationship and you build more trust? Shout out to Alabama. Let's dive into our persuasion blunder of the week. Don't, don't, don't. Now, maybe this is a gray area here. I get the whole COVID virus fear thing. But I was at Pier 39. And if you don't know anything about San Francisco, that's the place where all the seals hang out. That's where you get your clam chowder, your seafood. There's a chocolate factory. It's pretty much a tourist trap, but pretty cool. A lot of fun. It's also a place where you get on the boat to go to Alcatraz, the famous prison that you can take a tour of. And there was somebody selling their wares, right? People come out, they sell different things. Some are doing music, some are doing other things. This person was selling the basic tourist knickknacks that you buy once and regret it. But you have to get it because that's what you get in that area. All right, every island, every country kind of has their thing, every state. Anyway, there's three people. It kind of looked like maybe they were dropped off, same company set up. They were probably maybe around 50 yards apart, doing the same thing, selling the same thing. But one of them just wasn't making it happen. It wasn't cutting it. And I was trying to figure it out. Same thing, same crowd. This person had a hat on, sunglasses on, facial hair, and a mask. Now, all those things are fine, I guess, if you need to wear them. I mean, the hat for the sun, 
sunglasses for your eyes. <laughs> Maybe don't feel like shaving. Mask if you're afraid of a virus or something or the COVID. But then again, how approachable are you when you can't see your eyes? Your face is covered up with your hat. Facial hair. And I get it. Some people are good in facial hair, but immediate trust is hurt by facial hair, especially out of control facial hair. Now, long-term intelligence trust can be enhanced by a well-trimmed beard, but that's a whole nother study. And of course, the mask. Now, I get it, protection, different things, but we need that emotional intelligence. We need to see the eyes. We need to see the face. We need facial expressions. That was hurting the sales by quite a bit. It was quite interesting how much. Do you think people get more used to it? And I think they have in a lot of ways, but still instant trust, stranger, not be able to see any of the facial expressions or eyes hurt the trust. So that would be the blunder. And to add to that, when I was picked up at the airport by my taxi, and I don't know how to take this. I mean, I get it. I mean, this person came out and the full had a, a face shield, a mask, put on surgical gloves, <laughs> okay, picked up my suitcase, put it into the trunk, got in, and in the taxi, he had actually drilled holes in the roof in the side with this thick plastic. <laughs> I mean, cut a little teeny hole. Drove with all the paraphernalia on. I was kind of concerned more than anything. I mean, can you, what if your mask fucks up? What if you're, <laughs> you, you can't see? Wouldn't touch my credit card. Anyway, it was like, am I, do I look that disease? What's going on? Again, I, I can get why some people are there, but it's hard to connect with someone that treats you that way. I mean, there's just something about it. You need eye contact. You need facial expressions. You need some of these things. And when someone's afraid to touch you, you're like, wait a minute, am I that bad? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me what you think. Let me know it at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. <laughs> uh, what you feel about that. But I was like, oh, come on, people. But I was a little taken aback. Even though, you know, logically I get it. It was still like, wait a minute here. So be aware, especially with the spatial relationships and the different things when you are approaching strangers. Make sure your shoulders are squared up. Your feet are pointing towards them that you have the eye contact, that you're being a good listener. First impression, the cement dries fast. You got to be very, very careful with that. So let's get into the geeky scholarly article. So I'll post a link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And so you know that's the place where you take your free Persuasion IQ assessment. Get the free book, Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. That's the new edition. And of course, the link to InfluenceUniversity.com, the advanced training. And remember, if we use your email on the show, you get the gold version of Influence University. So here's the article from Psych Central, Dr. John Holland and Drake in the Journal of Forensic Psychiatry and Psychology. We know that's by your bed for light reading at night. And the article's titled, How to Spot Manipulation Tactics. Remember that dark side I talked about, the coercion, intimidation, manipulation. It's out there. In negotiation, when I teach negotiation seminars, I call it the dirty deeds, the dark tactics. Those are all different things that happen. And even when I teach how to detect deception, it's not how to become a better liar. It's just to be aware that they're happening. They still teach them. Don't want you to use them to be aware of them. But I'll be getting some inquiries about this. So let's hit it. So let's back up and say, what is manipulation? Well, here's their definition. Manipulation is coercive or unethical behavior driven by the goal of exploiting or controlling another person for your own personal gain. 
Now, again, these are some gray areas here. Ethics, people define that differently. But if someone's being exploited, it's not a win-win. You have the intent to hurt or control, and you're doing it for personal gain, uh, cross the line. Is it ever okay? I mean, we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, probably not. I mean, I've heard some cases where, well, maybe. But let's just say for now, let's steer clear and talk about why do people manipulate others? Well, there's a lot of different reasons. I mean, before I talk about their reasons, I'll just say it seems like for some people it's just fun. Feel the power of causing someone to do something that they want them to do like a puppet. I think for a lot of people that just drives them. Now, the article talks about control. And I guess that's a subset of what I just talked about, but the need to control people, their tendencies. A lot of people thrive by that. Maybe it's a low self-esteem. And we see that with people that bully, right? It's their own low self-esteem. They're lashing out. People treat you the way they're feeling on the inside. And so when people have low self-esteem, not everybody, many compensate by avoiding the feeling about feeling bad about themselves to go after others and have that ability to get what they want. Remember, we see that with bullies. And that's part of that process where they feel like they're outsmarting somebody. It's part of their ego. That could be definitely part of it. Some people just do it personal gain. I'm going to win. I need some money. I need to win. A person that manipulates might use these dark tricks to obtain what? Just attention, power, money, something that they need and want. And the other one they mention is avoidance. Manipulation might offer a way to avoid taking responsibility for their own actions, right? Avoidance, somebody else's faults, not me, blame. And well, let me add another one too. Maybe it's just the environment they grew up in as a child or in the workplace. It was just natural and normal. That's how it was done. It's their norm. That's how the world works. And that can vary by culture. That could vary by, you know, where people worked. Not saying that it's right, but we do see that quite a bit where that in their mind, that's the norm. That's just how it's done. And it's interesting for many people, the manipulation is hard to recognize. Now, when you're a third party looking in, you're like, oh, well, duh. But when it's happening to you, sometimes it's a little more difficult to recognize. I see this with the law of reciprocity to where, you know, the ingratiation where our obligation and trying to get something from you or the praise, you know, it feels good. You like it. Everyone else sees right through why they're praising you. They're trying to get something, but when it's happening to you, it just feels good. And sometimes you don't see it. Now, some people, again, that's why it's hard to detect. It's subtle. It's just happening. You just don't feel it's going on. Some people call it gaslighting. I'll talk about that in a bit, where you just think it's you, not them, but it's really them. They're after you. So here's some of those dark tactics or tricks that you can look for. The first one's guilt tripping. That's when someone tries to make you feel responsible or guilty for your actions or your decisions. They're using something one person did as leverage to get what they want. Some examples could be, if it wasn't for me, you would have got your college degree. You owe me. You would be nothing without me. That type of thing. I'm the one that's earning all the income. I'm making all the money. And you're doing nothing. You're playing the whole time. Would be guilt tripping. Then, of course, just outright lying. Many times people lie to try to control or coerce others because they don't want the blame or the consequences for their own actions. We see this with kids, teenagers who you can't see them. You can't hang out with them. I don't want you to do this. You can't do that. They lie to get what they want. Then a good old flattery. I called it ingradiation. That's a scientific term for flattery or brown nosing, boot licking, whatever you want to call it. Is it a true compliment or is it really just that fake flattery? 
I think the big difference is when you truly praise somebody, it's sincere, it's real, it's specific. You're not there to try to get something. When you're trying to use flattery, you're trying to get something. You're getting something in return. Someone who keeps praising their manager and gradiating, flattering. The other one is projection. Now, projection happens when one person claims an emotion they are feeling, like jealousy, is being experienced by someone else, right? They're projecting against someone else. They're feeling the jealousy, but they're going to blame you. They're feeling resentful, but they're going to put it onto you. And you hear this before, and I teach this with detecting deception. If someone's accusing you of lying, they don't believe you. It's probably they are lying. If they accuse you of watering down your drinks, they're probably the ones that are doing it. So that would be projection. One they talk about, too, is moving the goalposts, meaning they keep changing their expectations at the last minute. You keep running. You think you're there. You're at the goalpost, and then it moves. You never actually get there. You get close. You're almost there. You can taste it, touch it, feel it, but you'd never quite get there. And that's the psychological game is that you're just almost there. You're crossing the finish line, but then the finish line moves. And you're like, I'm just almost there. And you keep going. And it's kind of like thin slicing a negotiation. After a while, they have the whole package because they got a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Another one is triangulation. This is what a third person's brought into the communication, the issue, the challenge. And all of a sudden, you're disagreeing with two people instead of one. The two are taking the same side. That happens to you. you Got to go back to the one-on-one instead of the two-on-one because you know it's harder when there's two against one, or that dirty deed negotiation. We're like, oh, it's just us. We'll just talk about it, and they show up with the whole team, and it's just you. You know that would have feel a little awkward and uncomfortable. And another one is love bombing. A lot of attention, gifts, compliments, affection, time. Feels good. You're swept away. That increases your patience and your forgiveness. And seeing the things that you're supposed to be seeing, they're just taking advantage of that human nature. We all want to be loved, desired, and cherished. So a subset of all this too, and you've heard this term more and more lately, is gaslighting. Now, gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation, intimidation that hinges on creating self-doubt in yourself. They want you to think, I'm crazy. It's me, not them. They try to exploit your esteem, your vulnerabilities, And while they do this, you're feeling unstable, irrational, I'm not trustworthy, and you're like, oh, it's just me. And you're like, you could have sworn it was them, that they said it, that they did it, but no, it is you. So gaslighting is a form of manipulation. It is an imbalance of power between the abuser and the person. Now, why do they call it gaslighting? It comes from a film, it was in the 1940s, called Gaslight. I think it actually had Ingrid Bergman in it, where this guy convinces his wife that she's imagining things. Things are happening. They're really not. She thinks he's going crazy. And that include dimming the house gaslights. So she thought she was going crazy at gaslighting. So they just don't want to get their way or just persuade them. They want them to agree with them. It's not just getting the yes, I'll do it. So yes, I'll do it. And I agree with everything you've said. So they're saying things can form manipulation to confuse you. That you're dumb, I forgot. I just guess I have a bad memory. They're being bold, they're being confident, and it's kind of taken over. Well, it must be true. They're acting like it's true. That is gaslighting. And I've always wondered if it's like that negotiation trick that you called fogging. And the term fogging comes from swinging a baseball bat in the fog. You're just not hitting anything. So you'll ask something like, where did you get that number? Why are you interested in the number? You're like, well, I want to find out about this. And it says, Well, you know, the number, I told you about this, and this is where it's going. 
well, why did you do this? Have you read this journal? Tell me about your education. And you're like, you're not answering the questions. Well, I guess maybe every politician ever, you're like, that, you didn't answer the question. They go around in circles. That is fogging. That could be a form of gaslighting. So they're going after you. It could be the words you use, the tone, something you did before, anything to throw you off balance. So how do you know if it's happening to you? Well, hold strong. Do a little research. Maybe you did say that. They'll be lying or denying something. You're like, I'm pretty sure you said that you did that. They might, behind your back, spread rumors or gossip about you to kind of plant that seed a little bit more so other people are talking about it. They might just keep focusing on you about how you overreacted and it was all about you. There's going to be blame. And if there is any abusive behavior, they're going to minimize it. There's going to be a story. There's going to be a reason why. Or they'll backtrack a little bit. Oh, is it just a joke? I'm kidding. You're being sensitive. That's not what I meant. Or even worse, separating you, just kind of like what a cult does, from your family and friends and people that will support you and recognize and see these symptoms because sometimes we get too close to it. So what if this manipulation, this gaslighting is happening to you? What can you do? Well, take notes, record what you can, keep your voicemails, because the person that's doing the abuse here, that's being the manipulator, is going to forget, is going to deny it, that never happened. I never sent that email, that text, that voicemail, right? You have to be some type of proof, whether it's a journal, you tell somebody, that is huge. Because it also helps that you're not losing your mind, because that's what they're trying to get you to think, is that you've lost your mind. Well, maybe, maybe it did, because... The more they bring it up, the more they talk about it, the more your brain, which is not a hard drive, will start to think that it actually happened. Remember that your feelings are real. Don't let them trivialize that or discount it or not validate it. It's real. The feelings are there. You're feeling them for a reason. Follow that instinct, that impulse. That's important. And if they're getting to the point where they're like, oh, I don't get it. I don't understand. Why do you say that? That's not important. Right? It's time to walk. <laughs> Or try to have the conversation where they agree. I doubt it could happen, but it's possible. And remember, your memory is your memory. Trust it. They're going to try to make you think, no, it happened this way. No, you were wrong. This is what's going on. The memories rely on those. And don't let them divert you. Meaning they're going to try to change the subject. They're going to try to go on a different path. They're going to try, let's go do something else. Let's talk about it later. Just be careful. And on the sad note, a lot of time manipulators tend to be very intelligent people a lot of times. Well, they're doing it the right way. I mean, there's a lot of not-so-intelligent bad manipulators, uh, but they're out there. They can be very smart, and they're out there. So trust your gut. Trust your brain. Watch what they're using. Call them out on their techniques is my final advice. Hey, you're doing this. This is not true. Call them out. I know a negotiation with like, are you guys using a good cop, bad cop? <laughs> it quickly neutralizes the situation. When you identify the techniques, let them know that it's not getting to you. Even if it is. When you show them there's a little blood in the water, that they're getting to you, it's starting to work, you're getting emotional, you're going to get more of what you're getting. So be very careful. Stay in control. Take a break. Don't show them your emotions. If you can help it, that makes a huge difference. It's real. It's out there. I don't really like to talk about it that much, but it's something that you wanted to hear. There are manipulators. There's liars. There's coercive people. They are out there. Again, it's not for you to use or abuse. It's just to be aware of what's out there, be able to resist it. Even with persuasion techniques, the more you know, the easier it is to resist the persuasion techniques from people that you don't want to be persuaded by. So there you have it. That's our podcast for today. Appreciate you being here. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. 
You can find us at MaximizeYourInfluence.com and under Maximize Your Influence on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. So our special continues to be, I'm going to work with you one-on-one to develop your presentation skills, to be more charismatic, to get more yeses, to get less resistance. Go to PresentationIQ.com and take your assessment. Find out your strengths. Find out the areas you need to work on. Helps with my research. Helps you identify what you need to work on. And you'll get access to the free trading, the perfect persuasive presentation. Check it out, presentationiq.com. So think about what we talked about today. I'm not going to say use it, but try to identify it in others. Think of ways that you could overcome it. You'll understand more the dark side. Again, not to use it, but to resist it. And that'll always give you the ability to go out and persuade with power. (laughs) 